calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are not here on this episode. They are actually in New Orleans and hopefully getting up to some spooky content that they can bring to the podcast when they get home. However, we do have a very special guest for you today. It's Kara Norris. You know, she has been a guest and a guest host. You'll remember Kara brought us that super spooky, weird picture of a ghost where he was like wearing glasses and fit the description of the person who had like passed away. I think it was in a cabin. She's also a known Reiki practitioner and has just a lot of other cool stuff going on in her life. Make sure you check out her podcast, Growing Out the Pod, which is a comedy podcast where they talk about hair and other things. Kara, how are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm good. I'm doing really good today. I am not pregnant anymore. Last time I was on, I was pregnant, so I'm no longer uh, puffy and swollen. And your uh, daughter is, what, six weeks old now? Is that six, correct? Six weeks, yeah. Six I weeks. just asked her that a few minutes ago. <laughs> Guys, I just I didn't know that off the top of my head. Well, that's awesome, and we certainly appreciate you taking the time out of what I know is a super busy schedule when you have a newborn. So thank you so much for joining us. And we also have a awesome guest today. And I was just telling our guests, this is kind of a guilty pleasure episode for me because I'm a big fan of hers. I just got my first tattoo, and she was one of my favorite artists on Ink Masters. It is even is it Huber? I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly. It's Huber, but thank Huber. you so much. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm very happy and excited to be here. Yeah, Eva, thank you so much for coming on. Eva was on season nine of Ink Masters. I feel like Ink Masters is kind of going through that phase that the office went through, where it's now on a streaming platform that a lot of people are getting. Like when I was I hear what I was looking up. Oh, I was just seeing if there were new seasons coming out. And so I saw some like message boards and stuff. And it was just tons of people being like, I just binged the entire Ink Masters now that it's on Paramount or what have you. So curious to see if that changes things for you or not. But she was on season nine uh, and it was the Shop War season for Allegory Arts. But I believe now you are in Buffalo, New York. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I've been back in Buffalo since uh, the infamous 2020 kicked off. Good old 2020. Oh my God. And in, in a lot of ways, I feel like 2020 was the, the warm up stretch year for 2021 because it's been a continuous ride. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm back in Buffalo, New York. I'm at Divine Machine Tattoo. Uh, Allegory is no longer in practice. 
but it is now under the management of Daniel Evers and Victor Thompson. And the name of the studio is now Golden Sickle. And anybody in Florence, Alabama should absolutely check them out because they're wonderful people and twice as talented. Oh, well, that's kind of you to say. And yeah, I have some questions about what it was like having such a regarded shop in Alabama. Uh, but before we get there, we do typically ask our guests when they come on to kind of figure out where they are and what we call the believo meter. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all. And 10, they're absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? I am a 10. I'm probably like maybe even 11 or 12. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always a good episode when we get somebody that starts breaking the scale. So yeah. Yes, girl. That's, that's awesome. And yeah, I'm curious because I am originally from Mississippi and then I moved to Atlanta about 12 years ago or so um, because I wanted to get out of Mississippi. Uh, so I'm curious what it's like to be such a creative person in Alabama where you have a really specified art that you create like tattooing and it's not just your and I hate to say this but your run-of-the-mill tattoo that you're doing you're really creating special pieces what was that like to have kind of that type of environment in Alabama oh well um thank you very much for saying that I appreciate it um it was it was great um a lot of the clients that we came in like our demographic was a lot of people who wanted that and um sorry I say I'm a thousand times um like okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally totally yeah mm -hmm. it's the blonde hair I can't shake it I'm sorry <laughs> no so there were just uh, a lot of people who really responded well to that who encouraged it who would come in and they would actually say here's my idea here's my reference just do what you want with it and I've had the good fortune of that being kind of the way I run my business for a while. You know, I've been tattooing for 18 years and counting. So I have kind of gotten into that groove and uh, it's, it's never where you're like, no, you have to get this. But when people come to you and they convey that they really want it to be special, it's a privilege to be able to do that for them. So I really do enjoy working with people taking their ideas and turning it into something that is going to be one of a kind just for them because there is only one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been how I've always really wanted to get into it. Even when I was apprenticing in the very beginning, I never wanted to do kind of like what everyone else was doing. I think in a almost egotistical fashion, I was like, I want to be like an artist. I want to make my art. Then like, you know, humility kind of steps in and says, hey, you don't actually know how to technically do this and you don't have the skill set to do it. So we're going to start with the simple stuff first. So um, it was great. We were located in the historic district of Florence, which had a lot of really beautiful buildings. And um, we were also a functioning art gallery. So we would have shows there. And we were very involved with our business neighbors. And it was just a really sweet, quaint, artistic-minded community. So I think also being in that area and also close to like the Kennedy Douglas Art Center really just kind of already set the tone for that type of environment. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I just know, I just sent my parents picture of my tattoo. They have no idea that I got a tattoo. I sent it to my sister who's 11 years younger than me yesterday and I was like what do you think they're gonna think and she was like oh boy good luck and I was like yeah because they're like fairly conservative 
Sure. And so we am were I. Not, um, so. <laughs> but yeah, it was funny, like watching Ink Masters up to when I got interested. I mean, I've wanted a tattoo for like probably 10 to 15 years. I just never knew exactly what I wanted. And I knew I wanted it to be something special. So once I had my son, I knew I wanted to have something to do with that. And it was funny, like, trying to find the artist I wanted. I was like, let me look at their line work. Are there any blowout? Like, <laughs> no, but that's good. And it's, you know, it, it happens when it's supposed to. I've given people their first tattoo in, when they're in their 70s. And then other people, similar to your story, something yeah. happens monumental in their life. And I think that's really rad. Yeah, I'll show it to you. I'm curious to see what you think. <laughs> Unless you say something really mean, and then I'll just be sad. But oh no! <laughs> I think it's like, it's oh no, that's sweet. It's really it's, good. Yeah, it is. it's beautiful. And also, it being in black and gray, it's yeah. just gonna continue to look better as time goes on. Yeah, that was yeah. another thing the show taught me. Like when the judges, would, you know, <laughs> I was just like, "Yep, yeah, all right, I'm going black and gray for my first time." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I just got my first one a couple years ago too. I got um with my I have two other sisters and we're Italian and um we're like we're gonna get a tattoo my mom's like oh no don't get a tattoo and then she's like okay if you guys are gonna get that tattoo I want to find the right place and then she paid for a tattoo because she was Aww, like you're gonna so do it a sister it was a sister bond it says Sorella in um it's Italian and there's three dots underneath it which means sister in Italian oh that's um, so sweet and but I like this was my first one and now I'm I know it's and then I got pregnant and then I couldn't get any more, obviously. Um, but I'm ready to get some more. I wish I could rock that neck tattoo. I love, <laughs> I love neck tattoos. I really, really do. There's a, there's like a filter right now on Instagram that I, <laughs> I have used so many times because I want it so bad, but I, I think it'd take me too long. But it, I just think it's so sexy. I love it. Just get like a really, one of those, um, like the sun guards, like that the fishermen yes. wear, like just mm -hmm. get tattoos, like. <laughs> And then you can take it off and people won't come uh, up to you at the gas station or grocery store and be like, let me see your tats. <laughs> <laughs> That's really it funny. So cool. Yeah, my artist, I hate to say it, I kind of enjoyed the entire experience, even like the pain That's wasn't bad. Thing. And and then my artist was just like, she was like, you're going to be back like sooner than you think. And I was like, God Maybe. damn it. I kind of was hoping it would hurt like really, really bad. And I'd be like, all right, this is a one-time thing. I don't have to worry about it again. But instead I was just like, uh, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? You know? I mean, it, it's only probably one of the oldest documented art forms of our culture. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I dig. I've always loved tattoos. I just, like I said, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted and I was happy yeah. what I ended on. Anyway, enough about me. This podcast is not about <laughs> me. So when we were talking before you came on the podcast, you did say you had some spooky instances, some things happened to you and maybe some gifts you wanted to talk about. Can you kind of walk us through what your earliest experience with the supernatural was? Sure. So I grew up in Amherst, New York, which is like Western New York, a total opposite side of the state from New York City. And my parents, we all grew up, my parents purchased a house like as their wedding present and it was an old farmhouse and apparently it's registered as a historical landmark because it's like over 100 years old so my parents put all this work like restoring the house it's like this beautiful old victorian home with like crazy gingerbread and stuff and i remember being probably maybe around eight or nine because my sister and i had bunk beds at that time and we shared a room and i saw on the ceiling of my bedroom, a bride. She was like in, it was like a 
transparent figure of a woman in like a bridal gown. And I don't, I just, it didn't scare me. I just remembered thinking like, why are you here? Like, are you okay? Can I help you? And she just had kind of a sad like energy about her. What the dress look like? Was it really old timey or was it just like, could you tell? I know that you were young, but did it look old, older? It's hard for me to say. The only thing I recall is I knew she was a bride because there was a veil Mm -hmm. and I believe it, she had long sleeves and I just, that's all I really remember. I just remembered like seeing her on the ceiling, like multiple times throughout my childhood. Um, but there was another, and I didn't really see much at my parents' house. There was a time where I was staying with friends and I was, I want to say 15 or 16. And I was sleeping in, um, her sister's old bedroom. Her sister was away to college. And I started seeing an older man in the corner of the room by one of the closets. And he had kind of like a greenish, like hue, also transparent. I remember him much more vividly because there was more interaction. He was wearing kind of like a newsboy cap, like a checkered or plaid like twill like jacket pants like he looked like somebody that would have been on the street maybe in like the 1930s perhaps wow okay so he started in the corner of the room just like standing there and it seemed like harmless so I just kind of acknowledged it and would just like ignore it and go to sleep and as days and weeks went on he would get a little bit closer until one night um I was in the bed and he was like leaning, like his face was like really close to my face and his energy was like really aggressive and really angry. So I was like, you have to leave. Like, I don't want you here. Like you can't be here. Like you have to leave now. So I think he just wanted to sell you a newspaper. (laughs) I mean, he's like, we're calling about your car's extended warranty. Could you please answer? Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus and Christ? And I was like, yes. <laughs> did he Did he leave or did he, he like did. give you any lip? I don't know. He didn't speak though. He just kind of looked at you. No, he just felt like really, like he was angry. Yeah. He, he seemed like he was just mad. Yeah. Not at me, just like rage, unresolved, like something, I don't know. So I didn't tell my friend about any of it until that incident took place where he was be- felt aggressive. And the only thing I said to her was, you know, I've been seeing a ghost in Kara's old room. And she goes, oh, yeah, she used to see an old man in there all the time. Ugh. So I had, yeah, so like instant goosebumps even now. It was like immediate confirmation because I didn't mention it at all, didn't mention any particulars, any description. Oh, man. So it was like, I was like, oh, did you ever Aniva, see him again? No, no. Aniva, how old were you when you saw the second ghost, that one? I was, I want to say, I think like 15 or 16. And at what point, I don't, it may have been the first ghost that you saw, but at what point did you go, okay, this is real. This is really happening. I believe in ghosts. Well, I had always kind of believed in ghosts. To me, it just made sense. It was a com- it was a comfortable thought, and I grew up in a Christian household, so it wasn't like impressed upon me 
that ghosts were real or that they weren't. It just wasn't something that was talked about. Even as a kindergartner, I remember I went to a public school and in the library, they had a section and it was like witchcraft books and like ghost wow. stories. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So maybe either something opened up in me where it was like nurturing that prospect in my brain, or maybe I just convinced myself that it was real and that it's truly not. It's just something we want to believe in because it's fun and exciting. Either way, like I know I saw it and I felt it. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that about seeing a book that referenced witches because I did see on your Instagram that you are a witch or you yeah. or, so can you tell <laughs> yes. us a, so we have never had and I it sounds weird even saying it aloud we've never had a witch on the podcast <laughs> that you I, know of yeah yeah we, it's true yeah so can you tell me what that means to you and like maybe where you're I don't know if it's a belief thing or just like what that means when you say I am a witch or I identify as a witch or what is that exactly it's partly something that I've intuitively felt. You know, I spent a ton of time outside and I think like working with the natural world, everything is alive and contains energy. And as Einstein clearly said, mm -hmm. energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's only transferred. So when you learn to tap into and tune into and connect to other energy sources around you, you learn how to... I feel like manipulate is a, is a strange word, but harness, I guess you could mm -hmm. say that. And Inter interacts with it, like be able to uh, bounce back and forth with it basically and, and learn it or feel it and yeah, and become with it, I guess. Right, right, exactly. The same way when you meet somebody and you just click, you're like, right, they, absolutely. they get me, they understand me, they know what I'm talking about. You get that feeling, like that's that's something I've experienced my entire life. It's like, and it's like, even when Kara came on the podcast, I was like, this is somebody that I can have back and we're like-minded isn't the right word, but like we can create together and trust each other on this media. It's like, sometimes you just meet people and you know right away um, right. that you there's vibe a, with them. Yeah, there's a resonance there. And that's, mm -hmm. that's amazing. And that's a gift. And it goes the other way too, though, like where you meet oh, yeah. certain people. I don't know if it's something you just, you ultimately trust yourself intuitively or if it's something else that is kind of feeding us that information or whatever it is. It is a very interesting, I think it also goes along the lines of even the silly stuff where you're like, oh man, I, I haven't talked to this person and then your phone rings or mm -hmm. that song and then the song appears. You know, it's, I think all that stuff is kind of aligned in a, a, a central place. So it's, it's dimension and communication that we just as three-dimensional beings can't really understand how and when and where and what we're seeing because we can only see certain because we're, we're in 3d so we can't really see things as they are or as you know like you see a ghost it's transparent because they can't really they can't really get into our dimension as well they're still in kind of another dimension i, I guess that's like what i've been researching recently is like ghosts and ufos and all that weird stuff can be in our our dimension for a certain period of time, but it can't. We can't really stay with it because we're not in that fourth, fifth dimension kind of uh, field. Right. We can kind of tune. It's like calling somebody. Sometimes you can call them, but you they can't be in the room with you at the same time, and we don't understand that they can be in the room at the same time. But we just, it's still very confusing to us, us three D people. Yeah, it's almost like they're just like passing through. Yeah, or something. Mm -hmm. Kara, I'm curious since you are a Reiki practitioner. 
it, it, does all that kind of go together with that as well as, as what Eva was saying about harnessing and mm-hmm. pulling on energy? Is that kind of in that same thought? Yeah, because when you're doing Reiki, you're, you're bringing in universal energy. So you're not like taking something from anybody else. You're not you're not giving your energy, you're harnessing the universal love energy that's all around us and you're harnessing it to help heal and balance and, um, and you know, change if you can, but you can't really like, it's not my energy and I'm not changing it. But like, have you ever seen that, um, that uh, experiment with the water? We, I think we talked about this before with the water and like you put, you put the lo- word love on a, on a glass water and you put the word hate on another water and then you use a microscope to look at the actual molecules. And you'll see if you intend that this cup of water with the word hate is hate and you put the intention of hate and anger, you look at microscope picture and you see that it's like these hard edges, these angry, like not not harmonious kind of molecules in this and like it doesn't look pretty and then you look at the happy and love cup and you'll see these beautiful patterns like a snowflake like it's just the intention the energy mm. energy camp can be transferred it cannot be killed or um was we're not killed destroyed but or... destroyed yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill it <laughs> yeah that's interesting well so eva you you had those two experiences i mean before we move on to some of the other ones, is this something that has been a theme through your entire life? Like, is because we've had guests on, I mean, we've had guests on that minute to minute they see ghosts or sporadically they see ghosts or it's a one time thing. I mean, how often is this happening in your life? Whenever I'm open to it, is it'll typically be more active. It's um, it's definitely like a muscle. Like the more yeah. you the more you strengthen it, the more you will be able to use it. So if you do things um, like for mediumship, for example, occasionally I will channel and I find I'm, I've always been very sensitive and I'll find that when I'm practicing, if I'm speaking to other mediums and training with them, or particularly if I'm being very diligent about um, not drinking alcohol, meditating, um, just like practicing exercises to pick up on sensitivity. Like I went over to my one friend's house a couple months ago and she's a practicing medium here in Buffalo. And I was just like, I didn't say it at first, but she was talking and I was like, why do I feel like your grandfather's here? She never ever talks about her grandparents. And she's like, oh, I was just reading for my mom and like her, my grandfather came through and I was just talking about him and with him for like hours. Wow. So it was just like wow. there. And then I actually had um, another friend whose mother had passed away, maybe like a couple months beforehand. She wanted to get a tattoo in honor of her mother. And that's all she said to me. And I just like, I was like, what about a bell? like out of nowhere. And she's like, my mother collected bells. Yeah. She never told me about that ever. Never once mentioned her mom collecting bells. So I drew the design and it was just like a small, like simple, like mildly ornate, like little bell. And she saw it and she's like, that was, that looks like her favorite one. Like she kept it locked away, like hit it, like in a display, like nobody could touch it. And I don't know, like, I just, it's not like I was trying to, but it, I'm also very connected with this friend. We talk almost every day. Um, 
she's also a water sign. Maybe that has something <laughs> to do with it. I don't know. Could be, but could be. I don't know. Sometimes people will just like say stuff. Uh, there was a, a family that it was like a gentleman and like probably his aunt and his mom or grandma or something were in the shop. And I had been kind of like practicing and like training with these mediums through Santosha, which is here in Buffalo. And I just like, I don't like, it's not like I was trying and like focusing in on him, but it, you just pick up like a sense. It's like you hear a song or something in the distance and you're like, is that, is that the four tops? Like, I think I know that song. And I was like, um, did you, did you just get a scholarship? And he's like, no, but I just applied for like several Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen this person before. Like, I just like, I don't know. You just, I just like pick it up. It's picking it up. Yeah. Your, your, your antenna is becoming a little more <laughs> erect. Um, <Yeah. laughs> so you can get more, more, more signal. And that's great. I think it, yeah. it is a muscle. I agree. It's a hundred percent a muscle. I was going to say, I did turn it off for a long time though, because I had a very unwanted experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'll tell you about that. I cut you off and interrupted you again. Oh, no. I want to hear what you had to say. Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. Like when it comes to my Reiki, I do have a little bit of mediumship in it too, where I will connect with, with them, people who've passed with pictures and with things that that only my clients will know. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, Oh, what does Miss Piggy have to do with this? They're like, Oh my God, Miss Piggy was my voice teacher's best, like favorite thing. She wore her shirt all the time and, and she'd passed away. And, And so I will find, I won't know what they are out of context. It's kind of like, I don't know what this means to you, but what does this mean to you? And it's um like just it's there yeah it's there yeah i mean cool. eva that kind of sounds like your next tv show you know the medium <laughs> tattooist yes. i mean you do you're around people all the time you touch people all the time so you probably get so much energy i hope you ground before <laughs> i didn't understand it at first i yeah. would i'm very empathic and i would just be mm. exhausted and also you know like as a woman in her later 30s i was raised to you know you be polite, you put others before you. So like yeah. people are telling you stuff while you're working on them. You're not going to be, I don't know the polite, you know, I'm better at changing yeah. the topic now. Yeah. But the first couple of years I was just like, okay, like be unloading like really heavy stuff. And then you'd go, I'd go home and I'd be like, why am I so sad? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yes. Curious. Are Do you find, are you more introverted or extroverted? It really just depends on the situation. By nature, I think I'm a bit of an introvert. I really need just alone time to recharge. But I like being around people when it's like a good time. Yeah, I love being in nature. Like that is my church, essentially. Right. It's where I am the most grounded. But uh, I was, yeah, terribly, painfully shy when I started tattooing. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I can hang with the best of them now. But sometimes it just takes a lot out of me. So yeah, just have to I think that's careful. fair. Yeah, for sure. I've been told that I'm an introverted extrovert, but I grew up being like painfully shy. And then I don't know, at some point in my mid twenties, I was just like, fuck it. One day I'm going to die. I got to get this ship sailing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I should go <laughs> like, yeah. high, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you did mention you had kind of a negative experience with a supernatural or an intense experience. Can you tell us about that? I did. Yes. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, the well, it's now being called Hotel Henry, but it was the uh, state asylum for the insane that's here. 
and it was it was purchased by somebody else and they started like crazy hectic renovations so it's this massive sprawling estate that was built um in the 1800s and it's just like the most stunning like gothic victorian architecture it's a kirkland hospital so a lot of the uh, architecture is meant to have the patients interact with their natural environment. So lots of porches, lots of natural light, but it was abandoned for a long time. It was abandoned, I think like in the 1970s. And my friend Juliana and I decided to kind of like survey the property one night. We were thinking about like going inside, you know, a lot of people would like kind of go inside and take a peek around. And when we got to the property, um, I just felt like, uh, you know, when there's like static on your clothing, mm-hmm. it was like all like over my body. Like this is the only time in my life, the hair on the back of my neck literally stood up. I could feel it. It was just crazy. I felt like the hair on the back of my neck stand up and I literally could see like patients in gowns, like wandering the property and that weren't there they were ghosts is that what you said yeah yeah and um no because it was like I don't know like 10 or 11 at night like it was dark out there they have tons of lights on the property but you could just see them like faintly like pale gray sort of transparent just like sluggishly like wandering and I was like I don't think I can go inside when we looked through the windows it was so creepy it was if literally everybody was doing whatever and just dropped everything and walked out like i looked through the window like the desks were there there was paperwork on the desks there was like the shining seriously so creepy yeah very like lots of equipment and i'm a very adventurous person but i was like i do not want to go inside like this does not this does not feel good like this is not like a fun like experience so (laughs) We wandered around a bit and I went, I went home and I felt like this presence had kind of followed me. And I talked, spoke to my aunt about it before she passed away, who was also a um, medium Reiki master psychic. And she, she's the one who initially taught me. She's like, you just tell him to leave, tell them to leave. They have to listen to you. So if anybody hears this and they're experiencing any type of unwanted unpleasant interaction with something from the other side just firmly tell it it has to leave and usually unless it's some type of poltergeist or like extreme force it it will abide yeah but after that I really was like I don't want this I want to shut it down I don't like this and I just kind of like completely distracted myself from it and anytime I would feel any type of inclination or someone would kind of like want to talk to me about it or even be like hey you want to like stroll a graveyard I'd be like no no like not into it I'm I'm like same I anything like in the the demonic kind of situation I don't like Ouija boards Mm -hmm. I don't like any of that that stuff is like so far for me like protect myself nine times (laughs) do you think that's a big one a lot of people think Ouija boards are inherently bad they they aren't they're not okay oh sorry go ahead go ahead no I was just like why why do you think it's like you threw it in with like the demonic association I'm just a little curious because it's a lot of people don't know how to use it correctly so if you know how to use it correctly and you're 
and you you're professional, you know what you're doing. It's not bad. It's not inherently a bad thing. Okay. What people tend to do who don't, they don't know what they're doing and sometimes can really bring up bad shit uh, stuff. And um, I've had friends who brought up some bad things in their house with it. And so I just, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not fluent in it. So I don't want to try no, it. I, I was just curious. Yeah, no, it's not, I don't want to say it's inherently bad. It's just an open, it can open something. And if you don't know how to harness it or deal with it or, or turn it on, turn it off, let it go, it just could be bad. So it's just kind of, to me, I, I'd rather communicate my way rather than having something Sure. <laughs> I'm like, it's Texas. Don't mess with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's interesting. You said demons. I interviewed somebody for the podcast, I think the night before last, and this episode hasn't aired yet, but I asked them the question we always ask is zero to 10 ghost or whatever. And she was like, well, ghost zero, but demons 10. And I was like, excuse me. And like, she, was, okay? <laughs> she was like, there has been spiritual warfare casted against me. I was like, all right, I'm going to buckle in. Cause this is going to be a lot. <laughs> <That's> so <scary>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Are they was, okay? <laughs> you know, and she, she was like fairly like young. And like, if, if you just saw her, you wouldn't be like, ah, the person's really haunted. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she had, uh, when she was, I want to say maybe 10, I don't know how familiar you are with Harry Potter, but it was like a, essentially like a Bogart or whatever those things are called, came out shaped like her mother from behind a mirror, but she noticed her mother didn't have any feet and it just kept gliding towards her and she I hid would- under the covers. And then she has had, she has sleep paralysis really, really bad mm-hmm. and night terrors, um, which, you know, is kind of its own thing. But she woke up one night where she was actually awake and she could move and she felt like this one's really creepy. She felt like fingernails, like almost like how you would maybe do it like in a flirty way to somebody, like to give them those tingles, you know, like with their fingernails, like going down her leg. And then once they got to her ankle, it tried to pull her off the bed. And then thank you. she said, now this was during sleep paralysis, but she had this uh, sensation over and over where she felt like a cat going up her body and of course she couldn't move because she was sleep paralysis and then she said one night she felt it get up to her and she was like trying to tell it to go away or whatever but she couldn't move and then it split into two and went up to her ears and started whispering and my new thing on the podcast is when people just start talking about a ghost or something talking to them i want to get them to say in their own words what it sounded like because it's just it's good audio and it's fun and i was like well do you remember what it sounded like and she was like yeah but i can't really it wasn't exactly words. It was just like elongated S's, which kind of sounded like, again, a Harry Potter reference, like parcel tongue or something was going on in both of her ears. I don't know. It was some really spooky shit. And it it, it was like, her name is Summer. And, and I told her at the end, I was like, you know, your name really fits you because you have a lot of brightness to like, she was just a bright, sunny personality. Even when she talked about the super dark stuff happening, she was just like super smiley and you wouldn't, and, and, but she's also very religious. And I was like, well, has that helped? Like, pray? And she's like, no, it's still just as bad. And I was like, all right, good, good luck. I don't <laughs> Boy. Yeah. That's I'm terrifying. feeling night, girl. <laughs> yeah, that was one yeah, of the heavier. Totally. Give me all those. Mm-hmm. Before <laughs> oh. I moved into this apartment, I cleansed it and put tourmaline in every corner because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this her way building. I'm not trying to mess around. Exactly. Her way to protect herself is she only sleeps with the lights on and she sleeps with a sleeping mask on. Yeah, I keep the salt lamp on super, super low. Oh yeah, there's one on me. There's one in our house all the time. Salt lamp okay. on all the time. Well, Eva, we had 
had you for almost an hour. So before we get you out of here, is there any other um, stories or instances that you'd like to share with our audience or you feel like you covered it? I feel like I, I covered Don't it. Don't feel rushed. I'll, I will talk to you for the rest of the night. But I'm just <laughs> like, to be, is that an hour? I know. Um, no, I mean, I've just, not really. I guess uh, the only thing I would like to add is that I am located in Buffalo, New York, and that's only about an hour away from Lilydale, which is the oldest spiritualist community in the country. And oh. every summer they open their doors to the public for uh, psychic readings, medium readings. Um, the village itself is just absolutely beautiful. Oh, so it's so cool. It's right on the water. It's like all these little cottages. Um, they have church services and like educational classes people can take if they have any interest either just like they want to peek their head in and see what it's about or if they feel they have a natural ability and they just kind of want like some direction and to hone in on it there nobody from that school has asked me to mention anything I'm not affiliated with them in any regard except for I've just worked with a few people who have degrees from there and I found it to be a really enjoyable experience. So I just want to share that with your listeners and you guys. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, I just, I don't know. I feel so lucky that one, you came on Two, oh. you just happen to be <laughs> like, you really fit this podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm like anytime, really. <laughs> oh, that's, you're too kind. I mean, it, and I am not going to geek out over your tattoos and tell you how much I like certain ones and styles but just know that yeah this is awesome and i really appreciate you coming on and where can our fans find you i mean where what if you're comfortable with letting them know what what is your social media where how can they reach out to you if they want to if they're in the buffalo area and want to get tattooed i'm sure your books are probably full but when they're not (laughs) well i i really appreciate having the opportunity to be here and to meet you guys and talk this is definitely like my vibe, my people outside of tattooing. So this was like just as much as a treat for me. So I'm oh, very, I'm very humbled and grateful. So thank you. But if people want to reach me, they can find me on Instagram. It's Eva underscore Jean. Or I also have a TikTok now. <laughs> I definitely had to YouTube tutorial how to do it because I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> but my TikTok is tattoos by Eva. And I also have a personal website, which is peregrinetattoos.com. But yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we would love to have you back on uh, anytime. I don't know if you'd ever be interested in guest hosting, but, uh, you know, we, we love bringing Kara back and in, in any of our yeah, people cool. who enjoy that kind of stuff. You have a natural voice for this. So it's nice because you don't, I think all of our guests have been great, but some people you have to like an improv, we call it like work and play when you're on stage with people where it's like supernatural and maybe you already have a connection with them. It's like all play. And then mm-hmm. it's the same way with interviewing people. Sometimes it's like all play and that hour goes by like that. And sometimes you're just like, okay, how Colin can I do it? Yeah. <laughs> how are we doing this? Oh, uh, no, this is, yeah. I was like, it's been an hour. I know. But yeah, this fast. is something I've been interested in, connected to my whole life. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're, we're just breathing air here. This is yeah, fine. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is so cool. So I'm going to get you out of here before I embarrass myself, but you have a good rest of the night and hopefully we'll see you again soon. I would love that. Lovely to meet you. you. Yeah. Nice to meet you both. Please keep in touch. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. Eva. Okay. Bye. 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 I think it's so crazy that I can see somebody on TV and then bring them on the spot. And then bring it right away.
okay. You know what's really funny? We at our Airbnb, we had one of the Ink Master winners. I don't remember his name. Oh, shit. But he stayed in our house. He stayed in our, our guest house and he ruined our oh, house. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he had a, he brought his like exotic cat, which we would allow no pets and didn't tell us. And I don't remember his name, but he was one of the winners from Ink Masters. Yeah. I don't know what season. So, Kara, again, thank you so much for helping co host this episode. I, I don't know. That was a treat for me. And I feel like, that episode just kind of worked out. I honestly, oh, like yeah. the fans listening, this is a little bit of a giveaway, but I didn't know if she had any ghost stuff or not. I just kind of like went out on a limb and was like, I've got really big into tattoos this past like couple months. I was like, you know what? I'm going to message one of my favorite artists on this TV show and just kind of see where it goes from there. Turns out she's super spooky. <laughs> like and super ghosty. Oh my God. I love her. I love her. First of all, she's an amazing artist. Yeah, she really is. And she's got this really great, cool energy, just mm -hmm. like old soul energy, kind of like I just really sweet. I really, yeah. really enjoy talking to her. It's always fun being a co-host, but it's always fun having great, great yeah. guests. Yeah. Yeah. The guests are always really interesting. And and it almost seemed like, or I mean, she kind of self-described to some degree that she really had some medium type stuff going on. Yep. Yeah, she definitely did. Definitely. I mean, she's see she's seeing things in detail as a young kid. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna that never goes away. And remind me, Kara, because I'm sure I asked you on your episode, how old were you when you had your first experience? I think I remember hearing my name being sung in my um, out of That's my right. closet yes. when I was like the symphony. Like, the symphony. It was like I was like five, okay, six maybe, okay, because I was in Minnesota, living in Minnesota in my room sharing with my little sister, and that was around that time. Yeah, all mine happened from like ten to fourteen, and then. I never had another like ghost experience. It's only been like intuitive stuff or yeah. where like a random thought will be like, this is going to happen. And then it happens, which it's exciting, but it also kind of freaks your me psych out. Your psychic abilities. It's weird. All the mediums that come on, they're like, oh, you've got it. Just, just work on it. You I'm just like, got to ah. use the muscle. Like she said, it's a muscle. Yeah. Once you start using it, you'll be able to like turn, you can turn it on and off. You'll be able yeah. to control it a little easier, but. I'm just such like a, my therapist was like, you know, it's interesting because you're very much a realist, but you're very much a creative. And those two things are always like mm -hmm. butting heads. But she also was like, that's why you have some success like with podcasting and stuff is because yep. it helps you kind of push things forward. But anyway, yep. but yeah, that stuff always fascinates me. And I don't know. It's like the idea of just seeing fully formed apparitions, like, when I was, if I was traveling and I like look over in a window and see some, I mean, I, why does ghoul sound so insulting? I don't know. I was going to say a some ghoul. ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels it's like that would really piss word. a ghost off. Yeah. Like, Excuse you ghoul. me. It's ghost <laughs> yeah. apparition, please. I'm an apparition. Did not call me a ghoul. But yeah, if I saw just some ghost, I mean, I, the thing I always struggle with on these episodes is how people can just snap back to life even though i know as humans that's just what we do it's a survival thing almost no matter what it is i mean we carry mm -hmm. stuff uh, there's certainly ptsd and things like that and trauma but it's just fascinating to me how people can take such a unique odd depending on where you are criticized you know thing and turn it into maybe a positive or just like a part of who they are that's always so cool yeah to me. it really is i mean it's kind of like embracing the energy in a way that that I think when you open up, like you said, you, you have your Eastern mind, your Western mind, your yeah. spiritual and your rational mind. I think it allows you to navigate the world a little easier and better. And I don't know, it just, 
I think that's kind of what we're meant to do. We're, we're, we are antennas, as I said. We're yeah. erect antennas that need that <laughs> we will pick up a lot of things or we won't. Depends on what station we're on. Do you find that sometimes your intuition causes conflict, though? Because I feel like sometimes I meet people, especially, I mean, my creative stuff is just now starting to get going again. But back when it was really full swing and it was, you know, four or five nights a week, I would meet people in certain circles and just something would just be like, nope, you're not doing anything like there's something wrong here. They're just not the person you need to be around. Oh, yeah. Your gut tells you you're like, okay, well, I find it that people that I can't really I just, you know what you, you have, you're in the room with somebody and you admire them, but then they're, you're stuck with talking to them and you're like, I have absolutely nothing to talk about. I am so nervous and I don't even feel like I can't even remember my name. Yeah. Like those people, I think we're power, are, are, are energy itself is like, well, a lot of the times I've heard that they're, cause they're not genuine. Mm. So you're picking up on their, they're not being genuine. So you don't know how to navigate that because sure. it's all fake. So you're actually, your intuition is letting you know, like, well, you're, you're not going to get anything out of this person. Yeah. And I'm sure you and your husband probably run across that from time to time in your creative circles too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people that I just cannot talk to. Yeah. Um, just can't. Thank you for helping. Of course. All the time. I was going to say, what do you do with the ship? Steer a ship? Is that what you do? Steer, steer you, you steer a ship. Yeah. The, there's, there's a steering wheel. Navigate people. the ship. I don't know. Thank you for co-hosting this episode. <laughs> How about we just start there? And paddling. I'm using a paddle. Yeah. I'll just use a paddle. Especially, uh, I mean, you are in the the thick of it uh, at your house. So I, I very much remember yes. and appreciate just what you're doing to raise a baby, but also <laughs> taking the time to come and hang out yeah, with me and the Real Haunters and Eva. It's, it's always a pleasure. I have Anytime. held off six weeks before I asked you to do anything. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. It's a struggle, but you know, I, I was like, maybe it's been enough time I can steal her away for an hour. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming of on. Course. All right, with that, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm Kara Norris. <laughs> <laughs>Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.